my little cousin and uh, reached out to him and asked him. So again, we gave him a shout out last, but, but uh, shout outs to uh, Young Mateo, Young Concrete for uh, making that beat for us. If, you, if you're an up and coming artist, you're looking for a beat, reach out to my little cousin, man. He'll, he'll get you right, man. But uh, welcome, 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 man, to another episode of uh, Prolific Roots. Um, if you can't tell already, we have a special guest here. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, but just like always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, man. This uh, this means a lot to us. Like, like I said, we have uh, a ton in store for you guys, and the people that we're bringing on, they too find value in what we're what we're trying to bring to you, and they're passionate about sharing their stories and and sharing a little bit of piece of them in hopes that it'll inspire you to do whatever it is that you want to do and be prolific in whatever way you see fit in your life. So we're excited to do that. Uh, as always, if you haven't already. We we are uh, we are active on all of those platforms. Uh, what are those? Uh, Spotify, Apple YouTube, Music, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on that. Uh, prolific underscore roots. Uh, prolific roots on YouTube. Uh, subscribe, and um, you know we we didn't get a lot last time, but if you have any advice for us, because uh, we're learning as we go, right. and so um, if you have any advice, if you have any negative feedback, if you want to clown on us. Go ahead. Just don't be afraid because we do clap back. You will get yeah. Roasted. You will get you will get burnt up. So, um, but we but we welcome all of it though, and we hope that uh, you know this is something that you will enjoy. Not only you know find benefit in it, but you'll it'll be something that you laugh at. You know because uh, humor is a big part of our lives, and we're not going we're not going to shelter none of that. And definitely this guy that we got right here next to me is <laughs> probably one of the bigger clowns that I've met personally, uh, but in a great way. Um, very, very energetic, and his energy is very contagious, and we just excited to have him on this on this episode. And so, without any further ado, I'm gonna let him introduce himself because right. I feel like obviously he could do that better than I can. So, man, without any further ado, introduce yourself, give the people your name, where you're from, where we're at right now, and uh, yeah, just however you want, uh, however you want to be known. Yeah, dang, <laughs> you tapped my shoulder hella hard. <laughs> um, man, I just want to acknowledge. Uh, no, my name is Lala Ellsworth. I am a tattoo artist here at uh, Frost City, little bitties, and um, <laughs> we're in Midvale, Utah, aka Frost Lake City. Um, Let's go. Yeah, so I pretty much I just tattoo for a living and do hood rat things with my friends. <laughs> but uh, but the prolific is that is that a Nipsey? It is homage. Absolutely, oh, I, you can tell that Lala has not watched our first episode because we kind of. <laughs> but that's okay though. We we gonna stall them out for this one. But yeah, that's. It was a, a yeah. We it originated from Nipsey, and you know just how often he used that word, and not only that, but just 
uh, what the word meant to him, and then also um, he gave it meaning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no, for sure. I mean, you wasn't hearing nobody. It wasn't use just the word a face tat. No, facts. And then you know, Roddy Rich, he uh, also had an interview on uh, with on the Breakfast Club. Shout out to Charlamagne because uh, he a funny dude, man. But uh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, he had an interview on there as well, and he just talked about. Uh, what inspired him to have the same prolific tattoo on his face? I was I listened to that yeah. one. That so, one was um, cool. Yeah, uh, prolific. You know, just we just want to be able to inspire others and basically, uh, you know, plant seeds in others to be fruitful themselves and just let them know that, hey, man, you can inspire anybody with your, you know, what I'm saying, and we just want to inspire, promote growth and uh, development, and just, uh, you know, we we want our people, we we want to see our people take it to the next level. Essentially, what it is, and it's definitely our, it's definitely our time to do that. <laughs> It been our time. Facts. It been, yeah. Yes. We should have been. I, I hate that we have to like try to promote and convince people that, hey, right. it's our time. <laughs> it been our time. You know how talented we are? Absolutely. This is like a. This is like something that like when you guys asked me to get on the podcast, this is actually something I'm really passionate about. How in the hell did people from the South Pacific Think about, really think about it. We're geographically isolated from the world. Right. No information, no nothing. How the hell did we learn to like eat, sail and like navigate, so Bob, do sure, all yeah. these different things? And now like by any metric of society, how the hell did that small, tiny group isolated <laughs> away from the entire world, how the hell are we dominating sports, media, movies, music, everything? Like yeah. what, what, what nationality is doing that? Number, think numbers wise. No, like, no, for sure, for sure. We're not a very like we're not a very big people. False. We are a very big people. <laughs> we're in terms not, of population, yeah, size. numbers wise and stuff. We're not we're not a big number, but right. like the fact that we're so highly like and densely populated with talented people no, and yeah. more than one thing. Absolutely, no. the fact that that fact alone should like put a fire under your ass and probably make you put the controller down in your parents garage and go do something useful with your life that's, and that's what we're hoping to do so go ahead and shed some light on how, how long have you been here at uh frost city so far well so i started here at frost city we've been around for maybe three years now but we're all not new to tattooing and a lot of us aren't new to each other back when i first so fred frost that's who owns Right. This place, right. that's why it's called Frost City. If it was my shop, it'd be Ellsworth City, but <laughs> it's it's his name day, on the right? building. No, yeah, but um, so Fred, he's been in the tattoo game for a long time. Like, he's very well respected. People that are, like, held in high regard in the tattoo industry, and then not not just the tattoo industry, but, like, even Polynesian tattooing, like the Sulawapa family and all them, right. they all respect this man. Um, he's been tattooing for a long time. He came from Compton, and... um. He'd been doing it since like young years. And then he had a dream to like, oh, I want to own my own shop. I want to do it. And then it was crazy because when he was still in a private studio, that was when I first met him. I drink Kava with all his brother and cousins and everything. (laughs) That's how I met Fred Frost. And then um, eventually he like literally took me under his wing. He saw the buckets of Kava that we would drink out of and they were drawn (laughs) on by me. And then he'd be sitting there. Who did that? Who drew who drew this? And everyone was like, oh, Lala did that. And they're like, and then Fred asked me, he's like, hey, do you ever think about tattooing? And I was like, dude, my mom's gonna kick my ass. You know, like, but um So he lit he lit that spark under you then. Dude, it was more than lighting a spark. If he was if he was Kobe Bryant, he rolled me a ball and was like, Let me show you how to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he was like to, to Fred. Dude, that's for real. He uh 
it's a it's bigger than tattooing. He's a great example to me too for like everything, not just tattooing, but he's like an amazing artist, but he's a better human than most people too. But um, no, he literally taught me how to tattoo, taught me the game, and it was more than that because like this is how I support my family and right. my, you know what I mean. Right. He he's pretty much taught me how to feed myself, my family, and do well, and he just like laid a blueprint for all of us. Right. So he kind of handpicked everyone that's in here. Some of us have been with him for a long time, like me, Vilingata, and then Yams too. Yeah. Will forget the, like we were three of the people that he like kind of. We were like I guess in the same class. Right, right. we're the same. We're the same, <laughs> the class. same draft class. Yeah, so he was like <laughs> he just kind of took us all under his wing, and he didn't have to. That's right. like something I want to put out there too. He didn't have to, but he just saw something in us and was like, "This is cool for me." I made a living out of it, and then he, decided to he wanted to give it to yeah he yeah. he for real he he did it and he he we've even seen him grow. He went from having a day job tattooing on the side right. out right. of a you know two three bedroom apartment when he first moved his whole family here. It was a risk. He moved his whole family here, tattooed out of a small little bedroom of a two three bedroom apartment. Then he bought a home, which is a big step for him. Yeah, and then he had like an entire private studio put in there, and then. He graduated from that to our shop. And we were actually a couple units down. Now we're in like this big, beautiful unit. Right, right. The biggest unit in this whole plaza. Um, All blued out, by the way. Yeah, that, I, I don't want to say what neighborhood he's from in Compton, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it, you know, he can see. But anyway, uh, no, he, uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's a completely different vibe. And he, he put us on game and gave us an awesome place to work. And he like, raise the standard like we're not we're not you know your cousin down the street tattooing out the out the garage <laughs> or your cousin who's a kitchen magician you know <laughs> this is like if you you guys were out there it, it looked like, a, business. Business. It looked like an apple shout store out, absolutely uh, v Nata, he just finished oh up yeah dope they both just yeah. actually so we, yeah. we fought we saw three people uh finish up some tattoos today and uh, oh yeah I uh I personally don't have a uh, high tolerance for pain <laughs> at all. But uh <laughs> chill. But um you know, uh definitely made me feel like I wanted to get a tattoo. I'd never do it just because for the simple fact that I feel like I wouldn't I wouldn't have the the oomph to finish through like as soon right. as that that needle touches my skin. Show some heart, man. Our people was made for this shit. <laughs> No, but uh, I guess that was like a long-winded way of right. saying that, uh, yeah, I've been here for like, we've been in this spot for a year, but Frost City's existed for like three, but I think I've been tattooing for eight, eight yes. years. Wow. The last, when I first started tattooing, that was the last time I had a haircut. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I, I remember a lot of when he had the, the short hair. Dude, I mean, that's so crazy. Off, that, starting off his, and now, I mean, I don't mean to touch his dress, but I mean. Dude, it's past it, my waist. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Where the, cam where, 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 where the camera at? Yeah. I actually knew Lala yeah. when, uh, Lala actually used to uh, come up to Utah State and, uh, Offer tattoos for handshakes and food, like dude. That, <laughs> so you man. were the the garage. But actually, you know what? Let's, I was. I feel like, I feel like we we skipping a lot. Let's uh, let's let's back it up really fast. We're gonna have, we're gonna give uh, Lala here an opportunity to tell his his beginning stages because I'm sure you didn't grow up wanting to be a tattoo artist. I mean, oh, I'm sure you man. were. I'm sure you were good at drawing. Uh, you've always been probably. But I'm sure it's not like something that you woke up like, man, I can't wait to draw another thing today, or I can't wait to, Dude. you know. So uh, we're gonna give Lala an opportunity to, uh, to not briefly because we'd like for him to be as detailed as as he wants to be. Uh, we're gonna give him an opportunity to tell his story, uh, his beginning stages, and where how he grew from wherever he started into uh, 
you know, pretty much the established tattoo artist that he is now. So, yeah, Lala, uh, start from the beginning and, and give the people a little bit, a little uh, details to how you grew up and some of your ambitions that you had as a younger person. Yeah. And then how you kind of transitioned into being what you are now. Yeah, well, I guess in the beginning, it was a hot, humid night in August. <laughs> it was just before 10 p.m. And a bouncing baby boy was born. <laughs> no, um, it's funny because uh, I've always been like artistic and I always drew and I always was um, just being creative was always like something that I was always doing. And that was like what I would always uh, if I had to fill my time, it was building something, creating something, drawing something. Like I had the Legos, I had everything. Right, right. Every creative toy you can imagine, that's what like satisfied my brain growing up. But it was crazy because my mom, she saw that I liked drawing and she dude, she's kept stuff I drew from the 90s, early 90s. She still got it. Man. Yeah, so she just kept it not knowing. She just Hey, moms it. do that though. Moms Dude. do that. Yeah, because I be throwing my son's pictures away. My, literally, my wife and Lucy could attest to it because she sent him a few pictures as well. But my mom has like uh, times uh, suspension reports from when I was suspended in elementary. Like, say, like, why would you say something like that's not even something to be proud of? But she has like a few of those. I mean, she has. I was a shining cards. student, man. I, I can't relate. Hey, shout out to you, Nick, because uh, I definitely had some report cards that were less than satisfactory. Uh, and my wife was just sending me a bunch. Of, I'm like, where did you get this? And she's like, your mom has a ton of stuff for all of you guys. I'm like, what? The? And she started sending me all these other pics of when I was a fat little kid. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and delete that. But I mean, right. shout out to moms for for your keeping report card like had that. B's and C's. No, nope. and the C's would see me after. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> no, but my mom, she's kept it. Like, all these years, she's kept them. And so I always drew. And then, like, when I was, like, seven, that was when I first started playing football. So football was, like, what I gauged love and passion for. I loved playing football. It was so much fun. And I did it from seven years old all the way up through high school and whatever. But it was crazy because the one constant was always art. Right. I would go to school, get in trouble for drawing. <laughs> I would be doing something important. I'd be in church sitting, you know, and like drawing on stuff during church or in like <laughs> I, everything. I Always like, drawing. But it was weird because I'm like um, ADD is shit. Not I've never been diagnosed, but I'm like my attention. <laughs> yeah, I've never been like diagnosed with it, but like I just have this thing where I, I have so many ideas and th so many thoughts, right. and I can't balance it. But when I'm drawing, I can like stay focused on that for hours and hours. I believe that. I've I tattooed just for do 21 it. hours. I've tattooed for 21 Straight? hours. Wow. Yeah, but like I can't even watch a Sheesh. whole movie. But uh. No, it was like this. Yeah, I can't. It was like my weird, it was my Narnia. That was like my escape from the real world. And I just could be in my own little environment, my own little place. But So anyway, like drawing was always a thing for me. And then it was so funny because growing up, I, uh, I actually was just talking about this with a friend of mine. But um, everyone's always like, especially when you get into high school, when you're like about to become a grown up, everybody's right. starting to have, like have a plan of I'm going to this college, I'm going to this, I'm doing this. And everybody's like, what are you going to do when you get older? What are you going to do? What are you getting into? Dude, and I sincere, this is like ninth, 10th grade now. This is fast forwarded a few years. Football is still a part of my life. Art and drawing is still a part of my life. Um, everyone was asking like, hey, what do you want to be when you're older? Right, right, right. And I sincerely said, I remember this. This is like in ninth grade. They said, what do you want to be when you're older? And I said, happy. Dang. 
Bro, I like. In ninth grade, you said that? Bro, ninth grade. I just was like, I just want to be happy. I And I had like weird things growing up. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely well, sounds what, like you was a weirdo, doing? but I'm saying. No, well, see, no, see that's, that's what's crazy is that like the things that I was growing up with and I was weird. Nowadays, that's what they call unique right. and interesting, right. you know? Yeah. Now, back in the day, I was, uh, everybody was like. Oh, did you watch this game? And I was like, no, I was like drawing or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what? Would you say yeah. it was your parents that were asking you those questions, or was it just like peers and? No, relatives? dude, my mom is crazy. She's always been like kind of just gassing me and whatever I did. My dad was the same way. My dad was always just like he was hyping me on like my creative skills, That's... and he was always telling me like, be an architect. Yeah, like find like a grown-up job yeah. or an engineer <laughs> do something you know and then um it was always like take this little hobby a little fun thing that you have and then turn it into like a grown-up job that's yeah and that was like man that's where dreams go to die my boy. <laughs> yeah. but uh, no but I, it was crazy because um football was like i was like half decent at football and i'm i'm six four and like 300 so it was like expected yeah like I almost no, got no. lumped into the, cause it's funny now, cause like I don't play NFL, but like I'm with my NFL friends, and they're like, "Are you in the NFL?" I'm like, "No, this guy is." <laughs> like, why are you asking me? But, that? but I'm sure if you said yes, though, they wouldn't they even would believe like, you. Yeah, oh no, dude, I've, I've I've been a, I've been in like out at like clubs and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, are you with all the NFL guys?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, <laughs> what what team do you play for?" I was like, "Oh, the Raiders," and then I was like, "Kahuku Red Raiders." <laughs> Hey, shouts to Kahuku, man. That's shouts my high school. Cause of a weight. No, um, no, but that there was like this weird, like it was a, it was an odd thing because I literally was like didn't care about football. So, like I said, when I was started out, football was like my gauge for like love and passion. Like I loved it so much, and it was so fun. And like high school came around, and I everyone was so serious about football because it's like i gotta ball out right. so i can go to college right, right. all these kids were like oh, i gotta go to college and they were all hyped on like oh what college did you get letters from where did you get letters <laughs> from and like where did you get an offer from and i actually had like you know i was getting those same letters i was getting like little offers or whatever and like i was like i don't care about this and then i almost didn't graduate so that was another curveball but <laughs> no and then um yeah, then later on, like, so after high school, same thing. The passion and love for football was, like, kind of dying. Yeah. And my love for drawing never went anywhere. It was always there. And, like, I would get, like, jobs, little side jobs or whatever, and I would uh, get in trouble at my job because I'm drawing <laughs> the whole time. Then I was even supposed to, when, like, how I met you at Utah nope. State, I was actually supposed to be going to school, and then, like, I was telling you him earlier that um, at the time, I'm a grown up now. This is a couple years out of high school. I've had like shitty jobs that I hated. And then I was like, let's try football again. Tried to do the school thing. And then my mom's husband at the time, he passed away. So I had to stop going to school and work, right. which was like the first step in the right direction for my tattooing. Because right. I was like, thank goodness, because I almost like didn't care about football. <laughs> and I felt the reason why I felt so bad about it is because I'm big. I'm blessed with like size that other people would kill for and I don't care about it. Right. And like other guys would be like, dude, if I had your size, I'd be killing it. I'd be, right. you know, I'd be in the league right exactly. Now. They were doing speak, all this stuff. Speak, speak on that a little bit because I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that, that can relate to something like that. And they don't know how to, they don't know how to function with those feelings because, uh, 
I mean, like you said, uh, you did, you just stopped. Care. I mean, you were you had the size, you had the ability, and you had the opportunities. You just, it's just something that you just was like, I didn't. Really- I wasn't. Yeah, like I wasn't in love with it. And so, um, when I grew, as I was growing up, I worked construction. So my mom's. So I uh, I grew up in Hawaii, and my mom's brothers that live in Hawaii, they own construction companies. And so I was working construction, and it's funny because like one of my uncles, he was like. Uh, they both had money because they were successful business owners, construction right. companies. But my one uncle, he was like kind of dabbling in um, like illegal narcotics. But um, <laughs> the thing uh, I loved well, about him, yeah. Well, the thing was is that like I was sitting here thinking to myself, I was like, hard work, that's cool. And then I knew guys in the league, like all the Kimwatus. I don't know if you guys know nah, any of the Kimwatus. So I went to school with Benji. He's my classmate. That's the uh, that's their youngest brother, RP classmate. But um, so the brothers at the time we're getting out of high school. Chris and Maaka, the two brothers that was playing in the league, now they've like Chris has a couple Super Bowls by now. Yep. Right. Maaka is like one of he at one point he was the highest paid D lineman in the league at one point. And then but anyways, we're seeing them with the baddest cars, the baddest trucks, and like they show up to the party, buy <laughs> beer for everybody, buy cartons Showing of out. cigarettes. Out, yeah, man. so it was like. The money thing was like, everybody's like, damn, that's tight. You know, that's why, okay, for all the other guys, that's what motivated them. They're like, I want to be that. I want to do that. I want to be that guy. But I had an uncle that like sold drugs. But but it was crazy because I'm like, wait, this is my uncle. He didn't do that. He didn't go play in the league. He didn't do this. But he goes and does crazier stuff than them. He'd be, you know, buying out places sending lunch to everybody right. and like he'd be doing the whole like hood that rich thing yeah. dude yeah and i loved it and i was like <laughs> and i'm like i like that more than football right, right. and it wasn't because i didn't want to sell drugs but it was like i liked making people happy because it made him happy right. that's why he did it yeah. so that was like one of the first things where i was like okay i just figured it out if it comes to money I don't really care about the money because my uncle doesn't play in the nfl but he got nfl he money, got money got right it. so i was like okay the nfl you're on the fence because, like, money's not that big of an issue because there's other ways to make money. That's, Uh like, first thing. And then the other thing was is I was like, dude, I don't care about football like that. I really don't. And I – and like you were saying, like, the things that I was going through is everybody was like, dang, what a waste. Big for nothing. Did that ever get to you, though? I mean, did that ever bother you? Or do you feel like you ever pursued it a little longer because of the way the people felt about – what you should do with your life or no well you know the thing that the thing that bothered me the most was that all my friends at the time it seemed like they had their lives together because they were playing football and in college and so to me it, it made me feel like a loser because like, like behind or something well because because now like all these guys are in college they're doing their thing and i'm like not knowing what to do with my life because i don't want to play football i don't care about school i don't care about the traditional things i should have been caring about so i felt like less than than a lot of my right. friends and they're all playing ball or whatever, and I just didn't care. And like it really, to me, it didn't bother me at all. Like I actually like had short-term memory loss when it came to like people trying to drag me and be like, "Bro, how many years you got left?" Like eligibility. <laughs> I would see, I would see random like and like NCAA coaches in traffic or something. Like, how many years you got left? I'm like, I never played one year. I got them all. And they're like, Utah State. When I went to them, they were like, they got all googly-eyed. Like, wait, you're this big? You're this size, you got all your years left, bam, let's take you. But <laughs> the moral of the story was like, I just, going back to like that ninth grade dream of me being like, I don't care about what I do when I'm 
grown. I just know I want to be happy. Yeah. And all these things like football and all that stuff, it just didn't make me happy. You know, it yeah. didn't like phase me to be like, oh, that's what I want to do. Like, I just didn't care about it and it wasn't going to make me happy. So I ended up. Uh, but I mean, like at a young age, I'm like, what made like what made you feel that way? You know what I'm saying? Was there a role model that you had? Yeah, I, mean, I would say like my, my uncles, like oh, I was telling uncle? you, because yeah. um, they had money, like they were financially secure and they had money and they didn't go to the league. Right. And my uncle was actually one of like the perfect examples. This is not the, uh, <laughs> I feel bad because if he comes back and hears that, he's like, you know, I got cases. Hey, you know, why are you, still, you, know why you talking got, about that? You know yeah, uncles, you got, I know you got plenty of uncles. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but my, so my other uncle, they were like, he was like, perfect example of following your passion he went to law school he had to like eat shit cash checks my mom had to eat shit cash checks to help support him going to law school and like her the other siblings were helping him to finish law school he finishes law school he's a lawyer now attorney at law like yeah, he's a lawyer right, right. and he was in it for a couple of years and just decided that he hated it wow so he gave up. He put the pen down, you know, he took the suit off. He put some, you know, some construction boots on and he started a construction company and he like made a great life for himself. And it was, yeah. So like to me, I was like, okay, I don't need, like he just showed me a perfect example of he was on track to do this because that's what people expected him right, to do. Right, right. And then he was like, no, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. But that's kind of like how it was for me. Even with my other uncle, like they were supposed to be all these different things and they ended up following their own thing, like their own passion, yeah, what right, they yeah, were interested yeah. in and they made it work. And so I was like, I can do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't need to do what they're doing. <laughs> Would you say your your skills of, of tattooing are a passion or more of a skill? Dude, it's a passion and it's uh definitely it's a skill and um there's difference between like skills and gifts right. and like talent. Skill is something you have to like acquire and then like kind of cultivate right, right. like it's not like a gift where like you know it's you. god kinda gave me this it, gift yeah. to tattoo but no it was definitely like a skill that i like acquired and kind of like figured it out and it was it was like the one thing i found that was hard you guys i mean you guys probably like played sports and stuff growing up like sports were like anything people would do whether it was like a random little game or even just a trivia game or right. something everything i like, it sounds arrogant, but I was like, I was kind of good at it. No, yeah. It wasn't challenging, but tattooing <laughs> was the one thing that I sucked at, and I wanted to get good at it <laughs> so bad that I started to forget about football. I started to forget about my grown-up job I had at the time, everything, because I was like, why do I suck at this, and why is guys like Fred Frost right. so That's good? That's how I feel about golf. <laughs> I suck at golf, and I, I feel like I'll never get good at golf. <laughs> That's something that we need to work on, because I feel like it's a really fun Almost like drinking kava with a bunch of boys. Dude, I've actually said that. I said golf is. I I said golf is like white people's kava too. I like that. They get out there, out the house. That explains why I suck at golf because I actually hate kava too. So I'm not even surprised anymore. No, the the reason why I asked that about the you know the skill and the passion is because I've been cutting hair for for about ten years, and it's it's more so of a of a skill rather than a passion. I don't enjoy. Cutting hair for long periods of time, especially. Oh, yeah. See, you know, dude, tattooing is like a drug to me, it's dude. Like a drug. So, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a more of a passion than a skill. Oh, it, well, it's a skill, but it turned into my passion. Like, um, well, tattooing, like, 
like I'm gonna reference back to like the love and passion I had for football. Right. Now it's tattooing. Like I love tattooing. Tattooing is your new football. Bro, it, it is my new football and I hope this shit kills me. <laughs> like I love it so much that I hope it kills me one day. But um no, like I so the when I started tattooing, I wasn't good and I really wanted to get good and I was trying everything I could to become better and better. I was working day jobs to support my tattooing. Like I would work a day job, get my check, buy tattoo equipment, get all my stuff and then That's I crazy. Tattoo people. Tattoos. Yeah, and then um it was nuts because I had like the um I had like this weird aha moment one day when I was at my grown-up job. I was doing inside sales at Vivint. And they're like, hey, I need to take another day off because I have another tattoo appointment. Right. I got to finish this guy's sleeve. And they're like, oh, sorry, you've used all your days. And I'm like, so what does that mean? Like, you can't take your day off. And I'm like, ah, you know what? That's cool. So I sat there and I was collecting $8 an hour. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, I'm losing money by coming to work today. Right. I could have made way more money if I went home yeah. and tattooed. So I was like, I'm quitting. Yeah. <laughs> you got to weigh out the balance. So like, I, no, yeah, so I quit and I went full time into tattooing, which was like a major risk at the time. But um, no, like I tattooed. How, how old were you at this time, though? I mean, that's that, let's not gloss over that. Like that's just a, yeah. like that was such a small feat. 20. Like, like what was going, where were you at in life at that point? Like in terms, because I know that you said that you're, your mother's, uh, your mother's uh, husband. husband had passed away, and you know you had to kind of go to work, and so yeah. I mean, were all those things still a factor? I mean, because I mean, shoot, that's something that we talked about a little bit in the in the last episode. Mm -hmm. It was like, man, taking that big leap of faith, like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I know that it's not secure right now. It's not a secure thing right now, but I'm gonna go ahead and take this leap of faith and kind of basically bet on myself. Yeah, and just be like, okay, I'm going, I'm going all in with this. It's either I'm going big or going yeah. home. Yeah, no, it's crazy because like the times that you would see me up at Utah State tattooing, that was the times where like I needed extra money to right. help pay bills or whatever or do something. So I'd go up there and just stay with, like, following them. Mm -hmm. I'd go up there and stay for, like, a week or two, tattoo whoever wanted to get tattooed and whatever money I could get and scrape up from that. I went and paid bills and did all kind of stuff. And um, and, and talk about hustling because I am uh, i don't remember the exact prices maybe you do, but I'm telling you, it was, he was pretty much doing it for free. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it was just to build your clientele or if it was just it, that, grabbing whatever money you could. But, man, I mean, like, literally – yeah. I remember following them and be like, hey, you know, if you want to get a tattoo, I got my I got my cousin, I got my family out here that's yeah. doing it. And you were just out there just hustling like. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example. I did uh, Elvis Matungi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did his knuckles and he bought me a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't eat that day and he bought me a cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, but going back to like the whole no, chronological yeah. <laughs> order. So this is like maybe 2000. 12. So 2012, you had a job at Vivint. Well, uh, so I, I well, 2012 was when I started like really get the tattooing started, and then I think Vivint was like 2013. Okay. So 2013, by now my mom's husband was deceased, and I was like the money I was making was actually like relied on, like yeah. I needed, right, right. I needed it. So I was, uh, I kind of had to keep that job. But what happened was. That little aha moment where I was like, oh, I made this much money at work and I could have made way more money if I would have went yeah, and tattooed. Right. I'm quitting this job. I bowed out. I did the two-week notice thing and I went to tattooing full time. But that was the scariest thing for Man, me <laughs> because I'm so I have bills that are on time every month. 
that are on this day and my <laughs> our mortgage was this day. It's I had, always going to come. Everything's right. on a schedule, right? Now I walked away from a secure job that not only was the bills on a schedule, but I used to get paid on a schedule. Yeah. Every two weeks I get a paycheck. And that was like, it felt safe. It felt secure. Right. And then when if I could tattoo on the side, then that would like supplement the income. But now I've like fucked off that income. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like dead in the water because I'm like, okay, now I went from making this much money an hour to no dollars an hour. Like, yeah, I'm, were you were you uh, inside sales? So were you making commission too? Dude, the commission was dumb, bro. It was like dumb as in it was ridiculous. Um, like good or bad? Like very good. Like the eight, so so the reason why eight, I mentioned eight dollars an hour is because eight dollars an hour was base, our base, base like that's hourly work, rate. That's why I work at right now. So. Okay, yeah. So our commission <laughs> was like our commission would be such a like enormous chunk of our paychecks pay, yeah. that the hourly was like taxes. <laughs> no, yeah, the hourly was like cool. That's like little, you know, that's just the cream <laughs> right, on right, top. Right. But what happened during the time I was working at Vivint? Something happened with their ads that they were running on Google. They had a uh-oh. They a couldn't run. They, yeah, they couldn't run their ads. So we were getting zero calls. Oh, wow. $8 an hour, we didn't even care. But when you're not getting any calls, no opportunity to make any extra money, we are literally sitting there for $8 an hour and nothing extra. And your brain's got to just, what's, yeah. what's other ways I can make money? So, and exactly. so like now, that's what, like, I was like, okay, well, if I'm just going to sit here and, you know, just eat shit and not get yeah yeah. so i was like yeah i'm out of here so that was really the reason why i left but then um when i left and i started having to tattoo full time i did not know what was going to happen i just know that like the only thing in my head was like i just want to be happy tattooing makes me happy and i wasn't even that good yet but i ended up leaving getting a a job at a tattoo shop uh, locally where i lived at and it was like if you've ever had like a nightmare tattoo situation, like maybe you and your friends are drunk and you show up at some <laughs> random shop, that was my shop. Um, I can't relate, but I feel you. No, like yeah, well, I, well I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we had weird people, like we had like crackhead ass people like come in and be like, how much y'all charge? Can I use y'all bathroom right quick? Can I borrow y'all phone? I'm like, do you want a tattoo or not? But anyway, it was like that kind of tattoo shop where it was like, less than savory and uh (laughs) yeah it wasn't a good shop to work at but it was a good place where i just started tattooing so i went from uh the first week i was there i was in the tattoo shop and it was like waiting for something to come in the door but the biggest risk for me was like these bills are ticking like the clock is ticking on these bills and i have made no money and then it was crazy because as soon as i went and i took this big leap of fate i actually started making good enough money to pay my bills and then not long after i actually got like a little bit better built my skills up and then it was like not paycheck to paycheck kind of a thing it was like okay now it's actually like working under fred's wings at this time yeah still so he was still in his private studio at the time in his house and so i would go on my days off go learn some stuff figure some stuff out and then i would go back and be like Man, he just taught me some stuff. Now I'm going to put it to, yeah, you know, right, I'm going right. to show him what yep. I'm doing. So I was doing that um, along with uh, just, like, learning on, like, on the job right. kind of thing. It was a very fake it till you make it type of thing because <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, I can do that. 
But yo, you I know, know at the time it sounds like you were working at the perfect place to where you could do that. Oh yeah, dude. I had dude the stories that oh my gosh. The stories that I could tell you that have happened in that uphill dumpster fire of a freaking tattoo shop would just amaze you and like disgust you and offend you, probably. I saw all kind of crazy stuff. But um the so like the whole point of me telling that story was that I've like very much had to grind it out. And that wasn't even the very early stages of my tattooing. My early stages of tattooing, I literally didn't know what I was doing at all, was ruining my friends like arms and legs and whatever they were letting me tattoo shout on out, them. Shout out to all the dummies. Yeah, well now, shoot, now they be getting the latest, you know, iOS version. You know, right. they getting they getting that software update, you know? Your boy is your boy is dope now. Shoot. Facts. No, uh but uh so I was like I I sucked bad. And it frustrated me that I sucked, so I, like, put more effort into it. And as time went on, the skills got better, so yeah. the skills got enhanced. But the passion for it kept growing. That's good, yeah. And I just kept getting better and better, and I just, like, I fell in love with it more and more. And it got to the point where, like, that's all I wanted to do. My days off, I would go in. Yeah. Um, if somebody canceled, I'd hit up one of the boys, like, bro, let me do this on right. you, because it was like a like a portfolio piece. Right. It was like, I used a lot of like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like very business minded. Or I don't have like this weird, like this entrepreneurial mindset to do these things. But then I look back and how, like my little blueprint of what I did and I was literally did, yeah. marketing yeah. myself. Like, so when I was doing my, so my big scheme, not scheme, but like my big, uh, my big come up was that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing these big, bad tattoos, like these big, dope pieces, and I'm going to charge people much lower than I should charge just for the sake of getting numbers, yeah. just for the sake of getting more people in like, my chair. In your reps in. Yeah, exactly. So I was, like, doing that, and it, and my whole investment with it was that I'm losing out on a couple hundred dollars because I'm charging cheaper than I should, but that couple hundred dollars was like an investment in myself because right. the back end was I got more trigger time. It yep. made me better because I was tattooing all the time. Yeah. Then it also gave me a client because now that person is and a walking billboard. Yes. Yeah, walking and they got a dope exposure, piece. Exposure, yep. And then that piece, they go tell their friends and their family, they come to me. You know, they refer their friends and their family. And then I now have something to post on my social media. Right. When Instagram was newer. So that was like my big thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to eat shit, not make a little bit of money. But the back end was I have free advertising. He's going to refer his friends and family. And then I get the practice. And then as well, I get something to post on social media right. to get more eyes on my account where people can follow me. Right. And like in social media, the name of the game is like more eyes, more pride. For sure. You yeah. know, so... That was like my little sales, not scheme, but it was like my little plan, right? right, right. So, and it paid off big. You were more of an entrepreneur than you thought. That's, yeah. And I didn't think of it that way because for me, it was just like, this is a good way for me to practice, get better, get my name out there. And then like, I can have something to post and then that would ultimately keep right. feeding my business. Yeah. And it... Um, there was like this weird phrase that I coined when I started working. I uh, we left. I left that shop, and some of my friends they started a new shop right down the road, and I worked over there, and I was working my ass off. I used to say, I, I used to joke and be like, 
you know, I was in there. I was putting in that trabajo, man. <laughs> I was putting in that work, you know. I always said, I always said trabajo because you know that's Spanish for work. Who works harder than Spanish people? Mexican people, right? That's true. That's work yeah, ethic. True. So I was like, not only do I work hard because I'm Polynesian, but I'm putting in that Mexican work ethic. Right, you know, right. I'm putting in like right. hours. Ot. So my thing was was uh, I used to work so much, and I would like wear myself out from tattooing uh i always used to say that i'm tired <laughs> that was like my <laughs> saying and people still yeah people, people still st use it i've that. heard that plenty of times yeah so it was actually made famous by uh one of the older guys from laia when we were mixing he kept falling asleep while we were drinking cover <laughs> and everyone else was waking him up like oh, you know like they were yeah. doing abrupt <laughs> things to make him wake up and he worked at like uh geneva rock so he was working like a construction job big like very hard on your body so he'd be tired and he'd like wake up and be you know oh, i'm tired like that was like what he always said and so i adopted that in my tattooing because i was like dude i'm tattooing for like 12 14 hours every day right every day like Grinding. six days a week i was doing 12 14 hours a day and i don't know a lot of people that work like that but i wanted to that was the thing it's you like i chose it. to and i'd be so worn out and beat every night like i'd be leaving my shop two three in the morning and then, so not only am like I'm tired by then, but I get home and I should be resting for the next day. No, I'm on YouTube, <laughs> watching other tattooers. Uh -huh. I'm flipping through online uh, catalogs of like new tattoo needles, new <laughs> machines, new things. Like I wanted to be good at tattooing Stood so badly, I was like, sleep is for privileged as people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People, sleep is for people that deserve it. And I'm like, I don't think I deserve it yet. Right, right. So let me like stay awake, keep like grinding, keep putting my whole, my dream together. But this, a couple months of doing that, it like put my name out there. And like, I grew my little business of tattooing like exponentially from when I first started. Right. And then not long after that was when Frost City finally opened. And right. by this time, people like respected me. Yeah, yeah. The people that followed me and knew me by then, right. they respected me. And so it was crazy that my whole goal was to like satisfy my sensei. Yeah. Fred taught me all this <laughs> stuff and I'm like, I, I need to make sure his efforts weren't for nothing. Weren't so I was over there putting in work because I, I was a representation of him. Yeah. So when I first started working at his shop, I didn't want to be like, coattail writing where like oh you just work at fred frost shop right, you right. haven't earned a spot you're just his little homie and i didn't want people to think that no, so yeah. i was like i wanted to get here on my own merit you know on my like Hell, through yeah, my own hard work so right. i just busted ass and it was crazy because i actually looked back and i thought of like football i never worked that hard at football i never wanted to right. i never was doing extra reps <laughs> i never went in you know on off days i never like put in extra laps and ran and lifted weights extra or did anything i didn't care like i cared about tattooing right and um it was yeah it was wild because by now the the time that i'm i started working for fred and frost city had just opened a few years ago i'm working for fred and like all my friends that went the football route it didn't work out like for them yeah it, it just didn't work out and it like almost pains me to like when I saw that, that happen, because um, this is something that like I actually feel for a lot of people. So I see a lot of people, and I grew up around it too, is that um, for Polynesian people, they saw football as kind of like not the easiest way out, but 
for our size. Yeah, they thought that was the only option. Yep. And so they were like, so here's what happened. The guys who who like paved the way and made it, everybody was like, look at their family. Right. Look how they live. They went to the league. I want to live like that. So they're like, son, get good at football, you know? <laughs> yeah. So now you've now these parents have put an unfair pressure on these young kids that are in high school, and they're like, hey, son, not to make things hard on you, but we're a few months <laughs> behind we're on the mortgage, on you. you know? We're counting on you. The lights aren't on, you know? We're heating our house with our oven right now. So, I mean, if you could get really good at football, that'd be great for our situation like right now good right now no and well so the thing that i hated that like kind of made me upset was that they saw it as the easiest way out and like there was so many other options but some of the parents and some of the kids even they believed like this is how i save my family this is how i take us to the next level so what starts happening now in the past few years is that families are so gung-ho about making it to the league and getting that lifestyle that they're like, okay, let's put all of our eggs, eggs in, in the football basket. basket. <laughs> and what that meant for these kids was that these parents who like, some of them struggled or whatever, but they were like, I'm going to put all of our money into you going to these training. football camps, mm -hmm. training, private training, all this extra stuff, maybe getting you some better, you know, food and all the whatever it takes to make you better right. they fully invested into this football train so they're like all the eggs are in the football basket and that's where they're doing that's where they're like running all this they're buying them nicer pads they're buying them visors <laughs> they're <laughs> buying the them arm for? sleeves and stuff <laughs> and i was like but they, so they're like doing all this and they're like basically funneling all their money into this football train and then all these kids have ever experienced in high school is football camps football training for football not mm -hmm. messing up in other things so that i can keep playing football right. and then they go to college that, that hypothetically speaking if they make it that far right. so now they're in college and it's even more pressure because it's like you're getting closer so same thing more eggs in the football basket yeah, yeah. they don't even care about class because they're like i'm going to the league right. i'm not learning i'm not taking advantage of this free education that i got because i'm going to the league yeah. that's the only thing my parents want so they're like putting all these eggs in the football basket. And then the harsh reality of it is some of these kids that graduate college or if they don't even make it that far, but then football don't work out for them. So now this is what hurts me is that all you've ever taught that kid was how to play football. Yep. And now football, the train has stopped. And now you're like, now they feel like a failure maybe. But now this person has to go be a grown-up in the grown-up world. And all the skills that they have is football because that's all you ever put into them. And let me, I mean, I'm sure you know plenty of people like this. I know personally, I know um, I've had teammates that have done this. I know a lot of people that do this. Um, when they're on that football train, when all their, our eggs, all their eggs are in that basket, I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of Polynesian people that I know f fell victim to this and probably still do. Uh, they're taking the easiest classes out there. Yep. They're, we're looking for the easiest uh, degree uh, so that I can, because remember, I'm not, I'm not really worried about A degree about that's worth degrees. nothing. Right. I'm, I'm not, they're not really worried about a degree at this point. They're worried about getting through school because they have to do school to play football. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's super sad because, like you said, I mean, the, the odds are ever stacked against you if you're trying to make it to the NFL. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. 
the odds will always be stacked against you. I mean, it's just it's just not in your favor. And so when that when when you get to that point and you realize that wow, I'm I'm not going to make it to the NFL. You just went through 4 years of college uh taking high school the, yeah. and yeah. whatever Pop Warner no, yeah, league, all that. You 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 really could have used that opportunity to at least take advantage of that education and get in something that's not only uh meaningful uh, and useful but also something that help you provide you, for yes, your help you yeah. provide for your family and something that you actually like or or you're passionate about. But instead you were super super passionate about football uh that you just completely disregarded all of that and just said you know what i'm gonna make it to the league and a lot of people don't make it and that's that's a huge reason i know we talked about this last episode but that's a huge reason why we created this platform is because listen there are plenty of baskets out there like innumerable amounts of baskets and you know what i mean you good word I studied that this morning. I said, what word can I use on the podcast? No. Nah. I'm going to use that with my friends. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to impress my white friends with that one. Innumerable. But, uh, but no, seriously, in, uh, there's so many baskets out there that you can put eggs into it. And, and uh, you know, I, I feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice by putting them all in one basket. Because like, like we've stated, and, you know, we'll continue to reiterate this because we believe this much in our people, we are super, super talented. I right. mean... There's no, there's no other way to put it. I mean, we, we have more gifts than being able to run fast or be strong or be big. Like, right. you know, so there are so many baskets out there and we have the opportunity to put them in multiple baskets and that's something that we should do. And Lala is really a great example of somebody that said, okay, you know what? I have this basket, this NFL, this football basket. Uh, I'm going to put some eggs in there, but I ain't going to put all of them in there. Yeah. <laughs> put, like, no eggs in there. Sounds like. No, people was put, like, it was one of those things where, like, people were putting those eggs in the, ba- like, they were putting <laughs> eggs in <laughs> the football <laughs> basket for me, and I was just kind of sneaking them back out. I'm like, no, but I just, like I said, I just wanted to be happy, and yeah. I didn't see those people being happy. All the guys who made me feel like shit because I didn't get, I didn't go to college and play football. Some of them were getting kicked out of college because they partied too much. Right. Some of them were making bad choices with their life, and they just you know couldn't get it together. And so I was like, thank goodness I didn't go that route because I would have been one of those people. Right, I right. would have been one of those people that didn't take it serious. Because your heart wasn't in it. Yeah, and then I would have just ruined my life. I would have set myself back even further. But I took a big gamble, man. It was a very yeah. – it was a blind risk that I took, and I – but I wanted it so bad that, like, I didn't even think failing was an option. Let, let's go back to what you said earlier. You, you kind of took that leap of faith. It worked out for you. And so now you're some big, you know, you're a big shot on Instagram. By the way. I don't know, you got a ton man. of followers, bro. I mean, I, I started you following you. Are, yeah. So I seen you at the, the Sevens in Vegas. Oh yeah, and, and you were passing oh, out. You were, you were you were doing free out. Yeah, you were passing out your stickers. What did you with us? Yeah, stickers, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, merch. Oh yeah, I remember I gave you that yeah, yeah, yeah. size medium shirt. My yeah. bad. That was the last one we had. Yeah, so. I used that for Under Armour. <laughs> <laughs> it was the undershirt. And that's that's the power of, of you know social media, right? You yeah. you were out there handing out your merchandise or you know giving out your handle and whatnot, and and that grew into you know a big following. At that time, you probably already had a big following, but kind of speak on yeah. that and what what has that done for you in your career as far as tattooing. Uh, the, the following on, you know, social media and whatnot. Uh, I tell everybody this, and um, just because, oh, my gosh, dude, social media is the most valuable thing that we have right now. If you have any type of goods or services or anything, or even if you just want to be, I don't know, popular, social media is like, it's free. 
Yeah. Right now it's free <laughs> and it's free market. It's a platform that they gave you and you're like, dude, you can do whatever you want right, with it. Right. And whoever wants to listen, whoever wants to like be a part of whatever you're doing, they can follow you. And so I, um, I don't know. I just like, I only wanted to crank out good content as far as like good tattoos. So that's what I posted. But then people liked just that. I'm, I guess even in the tattoo world, I'm not like a typical tattoo artist. Cause right, most right. tattoo artists are just like, quiet they keep to themselves really? a lot of them have personality yeah, and sure. stuff but like but you not, got that loud personality because <laughs> i'm telling you like i enjoy being happy yeah. and like um i kind of noticed over the years that the thing that makes me happy is to make other people happy right like when other people watch a funny video that i put up and they like that brightens to it their laugh, little yeah. part of their day then it's like that makes them happy and that like makes me happy because that was like my goal it was never i never put a like a numerical value like make this much money and i'll be happy get to this point in tattooing and i'll be happy i just wanted to be happy that was like my goal and so but the thing with social media is like i hate i've used this term so many times and like i'm gonna find a better like more politically correct way to like describe social media and my relationship with it but Dude, social media was my bottom bitch. <laughs> if I was a pimp walking these streets, you know, social media was my bottom so bitch. I'm like, hey, go out, go out there and bring back double, right, right. you simple bitch. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I was pimp talking to them and stuff. Uh, I was just saying this the other day. I was like, teamwork make the dream work. Now make your feet work before I make your teeth hurt. Before I fucking lucane your ass. No, but um, no, I, I treated uh, I treated social media as a machine. Right. I was like, I am one person tattooing in this small booth in Frost City Tattoo in the heart of Frost Lake City, Utah. This little, you know, 10 by 10 space, as soon as I click this button... I've now broadcasted it to Mass. anyone in the world who right. wants to see it. And other people's like, nah, man, right. Instagram, that's too mainstream, man. <laughs> I, I can't do this because Instagram is this and this. I'm like, okay, right. fine, have fun being broke. But I was like, uh, I used it, like, I literally leveraged it as, like, something that could help make me money. Right. Like, I never, I never really cared about popularity on Instagram, IG famous don't count to me. Right, like, right, right, you know right. what I mean? Like Twitter famous don't count to me. It's crazy, uh, but social media is just this thing that feeds my business. Right. So I was like, why not feed social no, media? Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, and the thing is, is like, it was free. Like anyone who anyone who deals with money or who uh, puts their money and make it work for you or whatever, it's like, you want a good return on your investment. For sure. You want your little money to make you a lot of money. Right. And in this case, social media costs you zero dollars <laughs> and it's made me thousands, right. you know, and I, it doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> and I'm like, if dude, if they made me pay a hundred dollars a month to right. use an Instagram, I would pay that Yeah. all day. And it, 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 it's crazy because you think about like the Super Bowl commercials, right? How much money I was just pay. I was just talking about this. <laughs> Literally, there is people with an Instagram following or a social media following. So the way TV gauges um, views, uh -huh. like they're big, they're big. Like uh, I guess like beacon is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday right, is the right. most televised like five thing. Yeah, it's commercial. like the most televised, televised, televised. Um, piece of content on cable television. Right. So that's how they gauge the rest of television because the most people watch the Super Bowl, so based on that number, that's how they gauge the Determine rest of the year, year or whatever. Right. 
But there's people on social media that have more following than the amount of people that, that watch, watch the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Exactly. Now imagine somebody who buys commercial or ad space for the Super Bowl. I forget what it was this year. It was a couple million dollars for a 30-second slot. It's like 5.2 million or something like that. For 30 yeah. seconds. Now imagine somebody who has twice, maybe three times the following on their Instagram. Right. Do you guys un do you guys know how much people pay for them to be like, "Hey bro, can you just hold this <laughs> drink? Hey bro, can you this caption, can you this can drink? yeah, can you say something about the jeans that we gave you or like they're just like all, all right, these brands right. are like you have more eyes than the Super Bowl. So let me pay you money. Let me do the like, you know, let me because you have a bigger following than people that have cable. Like and people are paying 5 million dollars a slot for 30 seconds. I could pay you a couple hundred grand and just talk good about my product. Right. And I know guys that do that. No, Dude, yep. my boy, um, I don't want to like give out names and stuff, but he's uh, he's actually on a TV show. Dude, he's, he was telling me he made like a million dollars just in Instagram last year. That's and that's that's not from that's not his regular bag. Right, that's right. side money. Yeah, he, side yeah money. dude, that's quick that, ticket on the side, the bro. Yeah. It, and it, yeah, but like I just that was my whole thing. I was like, social media is free, and all I have to do is like make people want to follow my page because I just figured if I did all this stuff, if I put myself out there and did all these different things, it would bring more eyes to my Instagram. And if they came to my Instagram, they would stay because they yeah, see the they dope see all the content, content yeah, right? right? All my tattoos. So they came and they stayed, and that's always been like my my. My whole game plan is that I'll get you, I'll get your attention so that you can come to my Instagram, come to our shop Instagram, do all that stuff, because I don't care about being popular, but it feeds my business. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? And so, it, um, dude, I've taken advantage of social media every way that I possibly can because it's free and it's like my return on my investment, right, which right. was zero money dollars, <laughs> and I've made you know, crazy amounts yeah. of money considering let's, the fact that I didn't spend any to use any it. money. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause there's going to be some people who are watching this podcast who probably, you know, Hey, I, I want to be a tattoo artist one day, or I want to take that leap of faith and, and, right. and do what Lala's doing. And so what are, what are the numbers? What do the numbers look like as far as someone who wants to pursue being a tattoo artist? The numbers are good. If you're good, my thing was, um, so I guess like a little, I guess to kind of like uh, preface what I'm going right. to say is that my goal at tattooing was um, never to be like a good tattoo artist. Right. Um, people would tell me, hey, you know, the average tattoo artist, he works about this many hours, you know, a right. week. The average tattoo artist probably does this and this. And I was like, well, fuck average. I want <laughs> to be dope. Right? You know what I mean? Like I, I was like, I, I'm like, I didn't want to be an average artist. I didn't want to be a normal artist. Uh, oh, the normal artist does this. The average artist does that. So that's why I shit on all of that. Cause I was like, I want to be dope at this. Well, not only that, I mean, you, you, you left a normal life, an right. average life to yeah. what? To be another average at something else? No, no yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I, <laughs> dude, I adopted what. At the time, there was no name for it, I believe, but it was like a definite like mamba mentality. Right. I was like, put in work and just make you know what I mean, grind it out. Yeah. All like, and I was, I just figured if I worked more than other people, I would be more successful than them. And like, my whole thing was that 
the mach- that the tattoo machines I use, I'm actually sponsored by my tattoo machine company now. But um, the tattoo machines I use, the tattoo needles I use, the tattoo ink I use, everything I use to create a tattoo, right. anyone has access to that. Ev- any person that wants the tattoo can use the same exact stuff that I use. Right. So the only X factor for me was to outwork everybody. Right. Yeah, you can use the same thing that I did, but guess what? Yeah. I'm in here 12, 14 hours yeah. a day, and I work. love this shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, you know, while you were sleeping, I was, I working. was working. While you were partying with your friends, I was working. While you went to that function, and when you went to this, I was working. You know? So yeah. um, I definitely had to put in a lot of work. Um, for somebody that was like like a college student, I had to put the same amount of effort like a college student would have to put in to earn a degree to get good at tattooing. And I took it serious. And that's a ton of time. No, yeah. So I took that's it serious. Like, I, t- I, I mean, I'd be wearing, I'm wearing sweats and tennis shoes and we a T-shirt. Are, yeah. But that's what I wear every day. Right. I can wear a tank well, let's top. talk about this chain. Though. Oh, you know, you see, the, you see those diamonds dancing? This is actually a tip from my client. He just gave me that. Fresh out the, fresh out the bag. But anyway, um, no, so I, um, I never wanted to be mediocre. I never wanted to be average. I wanted to outwork everybody to the point where I was like, good, good. And so the standard for me, and because Fred Frost expected it of me, I needed to be dope. So I was as dope as possible. And now that I've explained all that, when it comes to how much I charge, I'm expensive. <laughs> I'm expensive and like uh, I don't want to like You're get not expensive. You're I don't valuable. Wanna, no, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like douchey and say how much money I make because I'm. It's not about money. Like pursue the happiness. Pursue right. what makes you for you sure. Know, what satisfied. But uh, my whole thing was I just wanted to be happy and whatever. But um, when I started charging what I charge, I told my booking manager because I'm not a real grown up. I have to pay somebody. <laughs> I told what I told my booking manager, he was like, Hey, we're gonna do this and we're gonna charge this much. And I was like, Whoa, 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 that's too much money. And I was like, he's like, What? He's like, No, I feel like that's like too expensive. And he's like, No, you're worth it. You should actually be charging more than Look that. At that. I'm like, Look at that. No, but the funny thing was I was like, All right, thanks a lot. You just like signed my death warrant because I'm not gonna be able to eat because you're charging people too much Nobody money. Knows. You know what's crazy? Nobody's gonna book, right? I put in so much work. And I was so blinded by how busy I was and how much effort I put forth that not only did I char, like I started, I'm expensive, but I got more booked. (laughs) (laughs) I got more busy. So I'm definitely not cheap. And it's funny now because I'm like booked out to September, right? So what? It's February right now, uh-huh. and I'm booked Eight out months. to September, and it's like scattered into next year. Like a bunch That's of crazy. dates are just booked for next Sheesh. year. And um, I don't want to like, like I said, don't ever make it about money. No, yeah, for but sure. like all my cousins that went to school and got degrees, I make more money than them. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. But like, like I said, don't. I hope nobody ever makes it about money. Pursue the passion. Because one thing that I know, because I've, like, been around so many successful people and so many, like, rich and wealthy people, like, I've realized that there's people that make way more money than me. There's people that make the kind of money I will never see in my lifetime. But I live a better lifestyle than those people. Right, right. So that that's here, what, like, that's what, made, that's what, what turned me off to, are like, there, the amount of money. So I'm there, like... Uh, are there any credentials that are necessary to become a tattoo artist? 
Man, so in the state of Utah, you need to take a bloodborne pathogen test, which is basically a test that just lets people know that you know how to be sanitary, which right. is like crucial because bet, this is yeah. this is minor surgery. So yeah. you need to like be very clean and you know make sure you're on point. We're held to the same standards as like a, a dentist or a doctor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we get shots and all that, but in the state of Utah, all it takes is to have that test, and then you're good. Okay. Which is like very loose because. Uh, but ta- like that's all like you need to be school. Like you don't have to go to school for a certain amount. No, of but tattoo tattooing is one of those very pure trades where like it eliminates people that don't deserve to do it. Right. Like if you <laughs> suck, you won't be an artist for very long. Right. Like yeah, if you're not good, you won't last. You don't get weeded out quick. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, well, it'll um, never last. Couple questions uh, to kind of wrap things up. Number one, if you had, you know, just kind of looking back on your story. Um, if you had a uh, an underlying message, if there was like a, a message that from your story that you wanted people to take from you, what maybe highlight highlight that for them right now? Man, if I had a message, I would definitely say find something that you care about. Find something that you want to put so much effort into it that you don't care about what other people think. You don't care about what other people expect of you like just find something that you are truly passionate about and pursue it um i've told a lot of people this the stuff that our parents raised us on wasn't always right the things our parents told us not to do when we were younger people are now getting rich off of it (laughs) the things that yeah and so like i and i tell people like my biggest thing that i i try to tell everybody is that They print money every day. All you have to do is put your name on some of it. You don't need to go the traditional route of college, get a good job, all this different thing. You can carve whatever way you want. You just have to figure out what you want to do. But, like, we came from people that was stuck in the middle of the ocean, didn't know how to do anything, apparently, (laughs) based on the history books. They was like, oh, you guys was mindless savages. You didn't know what you were doing false we knew what we was doing we learned how to farm we learned how to take care of ourselves we had to like figure out how to navigate using the stars who taught us that no one we had to figure it out we were voyagers we did all these different things so why why can't we do that now in 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 america absolutely why can't we be like voyagers in america in like the grown-up world you don't have to go and get the easiest get to the easiest destination find some hard shit to do that you love you know (laughs) right right and uh, which, uh, I know I know that you say you, it was never about the money. You chased the passion. But did you ever in your, not your wildest dreams, but did you ever did you ever believe that you would be able to provide for yourself and your family the way that you're able to now? And um, by doing tattoos, by by doing your by pursuing your passion yeah. of tattooing or, you know, being an artist. No, I'm like uh, I like cry to myself all the time, like um, stuff that my kids do now. I didn't even get to experience until I was like a teenager or high school or later. And like by that, I mean, dude, I've like things I never got to experience. Right. My kids go and eat at nice restaurants. We <laughs> stay in nice hotels. Trips too. Yep. We go do, yeah, we do, we do crazy <laughs> things. And like we go, yeah, like we do things that I never got to experience. And I'm not doing it to spoil them right now. I'm doing it to like uh, culture them, yeah, just to sure. let them see what it's like. Dude, I didn't Spoiler go out to yeah. eat with like my. I didn't experience like dining out until <laughs> I was like 
a teenager in high school. Like I didn't get certain things like, like, Oh, like, you know what I mean? Cause I never, who we didn't have money to go out and do shit like that. So the stuff that my kids do, I didn't get to experience a lot of it until my adult years, high school, maybe college or whatever, but they're already doing stuff that I never got to do at their age. And like, I've figured out a way to support it and do it. And like the, I mean, we went, I, I took my kids from Simini to Linguini. You know? <laughs> These kids is living good now, but no, I, I, I'm right there with you because I, it's a blessing son, though, son, right? No, it really, I enjoyed it a ton. Like I, I get to take my son and do all bunch of, like literally we'll go to a, we'll go to like Hibachi place. Oh yeah. And yeah. my son will be like, Hey, like he'll tell the chef to do certain tricks. So he'll, he's been to yeah. so many. He's like, Hey, what about the volcano? What about the duck? Yeah. What about the egg roll? Like, yeah, he'll just see? tell us like, Hey, do this. And I'm like, Hey man, like, that's what I'm relax. saying, dude. My kids is having first world problems. You know, <laughs> what's the Wi-Fi password? You know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, they, I, I like it though. I, I, I'm right there with you. I, love I worked it too. hard to do it, but hopefully they appreciate it. But no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm blessed. And like, I just sit back and watch my kids experience stuff right. I never got to experience at their age. And I just like, that satisfies me enough. Right. Like, I just sit there and I'm like, dang, I did it. I feel like more accomplished because of it. <laughs> Any, <laughs> any any last words before we, we we're gonna go ahead and close this out and let you go man any last words that you want to give to our people our viewers uh yeah what man. would you what would you tell your ninth grade self you know so your, your ninth grade self you said you wanted to be happy number one do you feel like you like you you've achieved that state of happiness right now currently do you do you do you feel like you have lived that or you're currently living that state and then number two what would you tell your ninth grade self who wanted to be happy right. yeah right now um yeah, like it's definitely. I'm happy, and and like I, I don't want to say like I have a picture perfect lifestyle. <laughs> I don't, but like for for where I'm sitting at right now, I'm definitely happy. I re I really like what for what I have and the things that I you know experience. I really appreciate it and I feel like I accomplished it. And if I were to talk to my ninth grade self, man, I would have told my ninth grade self to just. This is a very hard question. <laughs> like I would have just told my ninth grade self to just be like confident in what you wanted to do. I was doubting myself so badly because I was doing things that other people thought was wrong. I doing things that some of my family didn't agree with yeah. because they were like, you should be doing this, you should be doing this. But I knew in my heart, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be a real grown up. <laughs> I need to be able to do hood rat things with my <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? Like my mom, when I first started getting tattoos, she was so upset. She's like, what's going to happen when you have to get a job? I didn't want those fucking jobs, mom. <laughs> I wasn't going to work at the bank. You know, I had a, I had a vision when I was in ninth grade and I wish I would have stayed truer to it because I probably would be a little bit further than right, where I'm at right, right. now if I would have just stuck with it and did what like my heart was telling me and follow my like passion project of art and tattooing. If I would have done it earlier, I feel like I'd be a little bit farther in life, but that's what I would do. More nice. urgency nice. on following your passion for nice. sure. Yeah. Man, thank you so much. No, Lyle. yeah, this for sure. Good. Let's give a, uh, let's give all a, a round of applause. Right quick, man. We really appreciate that. Appreciate you, man. What, what's your, uh, your handle? Yeah, get, let these people know where people can, they can find you. Know, you. Follow you. Uh, at Lala Ellsworth on everything. At Lala Ellsworth. Yeah, and we're we'll, uh, we gonna tag it. In yeah, here, we go yeah. we go we'll tag see. it in here. We'll we'll be sure to uh, drop the address for you know if you're looking for a tattoo, first yep. tattoo, tenth tattoo, hundred tattoo, whatever. I mean, 
Actually, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll post some some pictures of your work as well. You know, yeah, uh, I, do, I don't for sure. suck. For sure. No, yeah, he definitely did not. I don't <laughs> suck. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll post some of that. Um, and uh, you know, again, we just wanted to say we we appreciate you taking this time. It's it's actually yeah, we're a, it's kind of a late hour right now for us. And uh, you know, he had just finished getting off the table, like literally right. Right. went straight from the table straight to this table. And so uh, we appreciate you taking this time out, man. And I'm sure that. Uh, you know, the people that are watching this, you know, appreciate it. And hopefully they pick something. I know that we did. Um, we felt already a little bit even more inspired to, to go out there and, and be prolific ourselves. And, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, if you guys have these prolific moments, if you feel like you're inspired by something that you hear, share that with us in the comments. Shoot us a DM. We want to highlight those things on the show. So, you know, it'd be nice for, for us to start off every episode with, you know, a few of our viewers, a few of our followers with some of the, the 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 experiences that they had with uh, with this podcast, and again, uh, all feedback is welcome, you know, and uh, definitely, we're just uh, yeah, we're just eternally grateful for 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 your time and also for our viewers' time. But um, yeah, uh, until next time, man, let's uh, continuously be yeah, prolific. <laughs> Yo, concrete, you made this. Hey, you know it's crazy. It was in my email. Cause...